1: and share him with others our pastor is Dudley Rutherford and we join him right now with his
2: message for us today in our study so far in your notes we've looked at the first three chapters we've looked at your uh, position in Christ the blessings that are yours in Christ there's some doctrinal things in those first three chapters And of course, we've looked at the riches that are yours. The fact that you've been adopted, the fact that you've been chosen, the fact that you've been graced, the fact that you've been redeemed, the fact that you've been loved, the fact that you've been included. We've looked at all those riches that are yours. But now we switch. Chapters 4, 5, and 6. I want you to write these down. We're going to go to the practical side of Christianity. We're going to move from doctrine into duty and from riches into responsibilities my guess is you love the first three chapters of ephesians i'm not so sure you're going to enjoy chapters four five and six because it's good to remit we love to hear about all the things that god has done for us we love hearing those kinds of sermons but when it deals with our behavior the things that we do ah we're not so sure if we want to hear those types of things You see, I'm convinced that our day and age is a lot like Paul's days and age because Paul's day and age, it was easy to get caught up in the wrong types of things in Paul's day. And guess what? I believe in our world, it's easy to get on the wrong track. It's easy to get caught up in the wrong kinds of things. But you would have to agree with me, this is not difficult to understand. That If you say that you're a Christian, your life, the way you live, should reflect that claim. And that's what Paul says in these last three chapters over and over and over and over and over and over over again. If you call yourself a Christian, and you are, I just gave you three chapters of all the things that are yours, then your life should reflect this truth, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. Amen? Amen? So, the next few weeks, we're gonna look at some of this behavior type stuff. I hope you'll stick around. Point number one, write this down is unity. As believers, as Christians, there should be a sense of oneness in church. There should, there should be a sense of family here. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Paul writes to the church Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then he says, there's only one body. How many bodies are there? There is only one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope. Look at verse 5. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. There's only one God and Father of all who's over all through all and in all. What's he talking about? What is this one, 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 one God, one faith, one baptism, one Lord? What is all this one stuff? What he's saying is that the church should be one. Max Lucado said these words. I want you to write this down. The greatest obstacle in reaching this world for Christ is not the world's immorality. The greatest obstacle in reaching the world for Christ is the church's disunity. What does he mean by that? Oh, we think that the world is so bad and so immoral, which it is, but we think, well, they can never ever be reached. But the truth is the church is so often divided and we spend in the church so much time arguing with each other and spending all of our energies fighting each other, no wonder the world is lost. I I would bet that most of you, the last 30 days of your life, have spent more time arguing political things than you have actually spent talking to people one-on-one about their relationship with Jesus Christ. That would be my guess. Now, I have to admit to you, I think we here at Shepherd are a little spoiled because I don't feel disunity in this church. Church to me is like a f- breath of fresh air. I can't wait to get here every week. There's a sense of family here, there's a sense of oneness here. I have I have a support system here at this church but you know that many churches there are there are too many to name today they are divided and they are arguing with one another they're fighting over the style of worship they're divided over their stance on marriage they're divided on what is truth uh there are those churches that are fighting over the the denominational headquarters of handed down orders to the local church and local church agrees or disagrees they are divided over the relevancy of the word of god I praise God, I thank God that here at Shepherd, there is a sense of unity. I don't know if you appreciate it enough, but we are, I believe we are a family here today. I believe that. I believe that. It's just one of the reasons why I love coming to Shepherd, because every week we take the Lord's Supper. And I believe it's the most united we are. See, all week long, you guys scatter. I don't know where you are or what you're doing, but on Sundays, we all come back here together. I mean, when you're holding that bread and that juice, you're just thinking about one thing. You're thinking about, man, Jesus, you died on that cross. And when you died on that cross, you died for my sins. You died for me. The psalmist said these words, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Jesus said in John 17, his prayer, Lord, that, that, that all of them, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I in you. And Paul said again in, in verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Number two, write this down. Our service, every single person here should be involved in serving. Now, if you're not serving, he's talking to you right now, all right? He looks out the church and he sees a lot. Hey, man, a lot lot, lot of you not doing a thing around there. So he addresses this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It was God who gave some, and he's got a list these lists apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. Those are leaders. I want you to write down the word leaders. So God gave. Leadership gifts to certain people to prepare God's people, that's you, for works of service. That's ministry. So my job is to prepare you to do ministry. Are you with me on this? And your job is to do works of service, works of service, which is ministry. Now watch this. Uh, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ, the church, may be built up. That's growth. God has saved you to serve. So the question is, what is your gift? What is your talent? What is your ability? What are your experiences? that God called you to be at this church so that you might use those gifts to serve the body of Christ that we might have growth here at Shepherd Church. That's what that is saying. I hope you understand that. Now, I believe, and I've said this to you a hundred times, and you're going to hear me say it a hundred more times, God did not give you your gift for you. God gave you your gift, your talent, your ability so that you might use that gift and talent to serve the body of Christ. I believe God gave me a talent to speak and to teach God's Word in such a way that anyone who would come and just simply listen and desire to learn would be able to understand the Word of God. That's the gift that God gave me. God did not give me that gift so I could go into a room and shut the door all by myself and preach to myself there are 500,000 churches in America I believe that God called me out of all those churches to be here where I have served now for 29 years right here right here I know some of you wish that God would move me somewhere else But right now, God has me right here. Amen? Amen. Well, in the same way that God has called me here, I believe God has called you here. There are thousands of churches in Los Angeles. You could go to any of the thousand, any of them. Why are you here? Why did God call you? I know why God called me here. The question is, why did God call you here? So that you could sit, no, God called you here so that as I taught our staff teaches and helps and leads and guides and prepares your hearts so that you can get up out of that seat and use your gifts and talents to serve the body of Christ. That's why you're here. I I read this, I, I read this, I got the book in my office. There was this guy, he became friends with a janitor at a school. And they were walking once outside the school, and here came a kid not very smart. He was riding a bike without a seat. It just had a metal post coming up, no seat. I've seen kids ride bikes like that. This kid was doing all these tricks on his bike, and the kid made a mistake, and he falls. And that metal seat post impels his arm and goes completely through his arm, severs an artery. There is blood everywhere. Kid's got a couple of minutes to live before he bleeds out. This man said, I am fearful of blood. He himself was about to faint. What no one knew was that the janitor years ago served in the Vietnam War. He had seen things a hundred times worse than that. He said within seconds that janitor ran over there, helped that boy get a tourniquet on his arm, stopped the bleeding, called an ambulance and save that young boy's life. That God had put that man with his talents, his experiences, at that moment, at that exact time, to save that young boy's life. He said, had it been up to me, that kid would have been dead in 120 seconds, probably. But God called that man at that moment to be there for that purpose. And in the exact same way, I believe, that God has called you to be here in this church at this time, in this season, in our world so that you can use your gift and your talent to serve the body of Christ. Amen. Amen? Amen. Number three, our third thing, write this down, is the word maturity. If you are a Christian, you should be maturing here today. I want you to look again at verse 12 before we go down to verse 13. God gave certain leaders to prepare God's people, that's you, for works of service, that's ministry, so that the body of Christ, the church, may be built up until, verse 13, we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become Mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ in your life. Write this down. The goal is Christ-likeness. That's the goal. That we would serve. I believe that if we are a church that is united in our purpose to reach the world for Jesus Christ, and every single person in the church is involved using their gifts and talents in ministry that when someone walks in this church from whatever background, the family, the church of God, we gather around that person and it's a part of the nurturing process and the, the maturing process until every single person in this room has attained the whole measure of the fullness of christ and every single person in this church looks like acts like talks like christ that's the goal and all god's people said now we are a lot you are a part of a large church i don't know if you realize that or not but we're probably the top 50 top 60 largest church in america today And a large church receives a lot of criticism. No one criticizes a little church. And we get our fair share of criticism. We had a lady who called the office and left a voice message. She did not leave her name. But she said these words, your church has ruined everything in this community. She said if there is a god, I'm sure he's rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> that is so idiotic. I don't even I don't even know where to begin with that. But she see she doesn't understand all the good that this church does in this community she has no idea the number of little babies we line up babies from those doors over there all the way to those doors over there there'll be over a hundred little babies that we will dedicate we do this year after year after year after year after year we dedicate little babies and we give those babies to the lord we have six seven eight nine hundred junior high and high school kids that come to this church every week and the our church we help keep these kids on the right path where everything in this world and everything else in this community is trying to lead these children down the wrong path. That lady has no idea the number of marriages that we have salvaged, the number of marriages that we have strengthened, the number of marriages that we have restored. She has no idea the number of prayers that we offer, the number of people that we have visited in the hospital, the people that we keep out of trouble and out of jail, and those that get out of jail, the ones that we help find their place, the number of people that are addicted to certain things that we help overcome those addictions and she has no idea of the tens of thousands of people that are now saved and are one day going to go to heaven and see in my opinion the way i see things this church is the greatest thing that's ever happened to this community i don't think god would be rolling over in his grave but you know some criticisms are legit and the number one criticism a large church gets, any large church, is that your church is filled with shallow people. They, they somehow in their theology think that the only way you can get this many people to come to church is you must not be preaching the gospel. You've watered down the gospel. You're just entertaining people. And of course, I believe just the opposite. I think the reason we have so many people coming is that we don't water down the gospel. We're one of the few churches that are actually preaching the Bible as it is, and people are coming to hear God's Word. That's what I think. But the truth is, we do have a lot of shallow people here today. That's the truth. The good reason, write this down, is evangelism. If you're a church that's reaching lost people then you've got a lot of shallow people in your church simply because they have not studied the Word of God. I'm reading one of the most famous passages in all the Bible today, and I'm going to say uh, 300 of you have never even read this text before. You just got saved in the last couple of months. You can't know the whole Bible the day you get saved, right? And that's why we're here. We're encouraging and and sharing the family thing to try to encourage everyone, everyone here using your gifts to help you as you come to build and grow and become more like Christ. So that's the good reason. The bad, though, write this down, are people who've been here for five years, 10 years, 15 years who are still not growing. And that is wrong. People that have been here for five years, 10 years, you've listened to these sermons, you're still not maturing. Spiritually, you're not growing deep i mean you have to admit if you came to church and you looked up in the entire worship team and it was time for worship and they were all cutting out paper dolls and playing with play-doh you'd go what's wrong with the worship team they missed out on the maturation process or the greeters all the greeters were out there but patty cake patty cake baker's man make me a cake that fat that you can patty cake patty cake You'd go, what's wrong with the greeters? Or if it came time for the sermon, the preacher was up here with a little red Hot Wheel car going, zoom 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 zoom. <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. Zoom, 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 zoom. You'd probably think nothing of that. But there's a danger. Everybody say the word danger. You've been coming here for how long? Five years? Ten years? Five? And you're still not involved in a ministry? You still don't go to life group? You still don't carry a Bible? You still give God a tip instead of a tie? You you are not well versed in the Scriptures? You still have never led anybody to Jesus Christ ever? There's something wrong with that. Amen? I want you to look at verse 11. I want to go through this one more time. He, God, gave all these people leadership gifts in the church, verse 12, to prepare God's people, that's you, for ministry, works of service, so that the body, there's only one body, the body of Christ may be built up until, verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Christ's likeness is our goal. And when everyone in this church lives like Christ, then, verse 14, we will no longer be... There's that word. infants, Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Verse 15, instead speaking the truth in love. We, the church... We will in all things, we will grow up into him who is the? In other words, we're going to mature until we look just like the? The head. Who's the head? See, that's the goal, that we would all grow up until we look like Christ. Verse 16, from him. The whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its what? It's my prayer that when people think of this church, the body of Christ, that's you and me together. That no one ever says, you know that church over there, shepherd? That does not match the head of the church, which is Jesus Christ. My prayer, my prayer is that the church
1: That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble. Victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.